Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have Ray Cole. I've known Ray since about 2008 when I started training at Tampa Muay Thai when it was at, I don't even think that was the first location that I went to, the near the Armory on Lemon. Was that like the second location? Technically, yeah, the second. Okay. Technically the second. Because you were on the right side and then moved over to the left side, but yeah. weren't you somewhere else? Well, when we started when we started at that location, it was actually the standalone building on okay. the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was built in 1908, I think. Yeah. And uh, it was like 4,000 square foot they were using. And um, the deal was like, we actually got really uh, uh, cheap rent, but the deal was that we had to go in there and clean it. And we, oh, I'm sure it was like. Uh, it was trashed. It was a <laughs> was really thinking. old building. We had to tear like asbestos off the wall. And yeah. Like, yeah, it took us like a whole month. You remember the movie, The Other Guys, where they steal Will Ferrell's uh, Prius and they're like, thanks for the fuck shack. Like all the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the homeless people. Oh, like, yeah. The Other Guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah. like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I picture I picture that being what you guys had to clean up going in there originally. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Nine tons of debris. That oh, my we God. cleared out of there. Yeah, within like a month. But that's that's where we started. Um, and we had the ring, the, the floor ring set up in there, bags hanging. Really old building. The The roof was leaking. Right. So, I mean, it just by luck, the uh, the roof was leaking, but the contract that we had was like everything foundational is up to the landlord. So they were just like, you know what? We're not going to spend the money to fix the roof. Just move in here. So we are already outgrowing. That's that one space. of the so only stories in my life I've ever heard of a martial arts studio lease working out in favor of the right. tenant. Yeah. It's almost it unheard of. Bad. Yeah. It's almost unheard of because usually it's young guys who are really good at a sport, but have no idea what they're doing right. with, with yeah. leases or whatever else. And they go in and it's either like yeah. an escalation. It goes up a hundred percent each year or some other. Pretty much. Nine gotta, times out of 10. That's what happens. Yeah. I remember when Hobson, when we, uh, Moved him into that school over there on Hillsborough Avenue. They were trying to say he was in, he was responsible for the HVAC unit on the on the top oh, of the fucking strip mall. It's like shit. that's like a fifty thousand dollar. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of money you think he's making, but it's not fifty grand for no, a new no. AC unit, right? So, um, well, that it's funny because that corridor, you know, that was super old buildings, and the mm -hmm. military used to store all their old shit out there. But now right. the JCC built their Huge campus out that's there, right. and, and yeah. Cass Street has got like restaurant, and like that's becoming like prime territory over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've been noticing when we come back. Um, each year I come back is different, but yeah. now it's like, wow, what is it? You know, Tampa, Tampa's cool now. What the hell we leave? And then uh, <laughs> well, so I'm from St. Pete originally, cool right? Well, that's that was me with St. Pete. You know, I grew yeah. up in St. Pete, and the, when I lived over there, it was a fucking shithole, and <laughs> yeah. it was old people, and like now it's all cleaned up. Now it's cleaned up, and there's restaurants, and there's all sorts of cool shit, and everybody goes over to St. Pete now, and mm -hmm. it's like I'm starting to think it's me. Like I kind of cool the area, whichever area I'm yeah. living in. <laughs> So uh, your story has always been interesting to me, uh, and I and I only know bits and pieces of it. So I'm excited to have you on today to kind of fill in the gaps. But um, what I find interesting is you got into this. So so for people who are listening who don't know, uh, Ray uh, was the head coach at Tampa Muay Thai, Canon Tom, uh, Canon Tom School. Um, which I'll get into what that means or he'll get into what that means in a second. But he basically ran that school, his partner, Jalal, and then mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people under him. And it was pretty much the only, if not the only, legitimate 
kickbox, Muay Thai kickboxing. So a lot of people, you know, most of the soccer moms kickboxing to them is a class at, you know, mm. crunch fitness or whatever. Right. But this is, this is traditional, legit Muay Thai boxing. And so Ray will explain a little bit what that is in a moment, but this is the only legitimate school that I was aware of in the central Florida area, at least Tampa Bay area mm. that taught it. And what was great about it is it predated the MMA boom. So this wasn't right. like a bunch of guys who got excited about the UFC and decided they were going to do Muay Thai. I mean, yeah. you were way, way before that, weren't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I, when I started training, um, it was 97 how, how, when were you born? What year? Uh, uh, nine, 1982. Okay. So you're seven years younger. So what are you, 38, 39? 38, yeah. 38. Okay. So in 90, you said 97? 97, yeah. Okay. So how old would that have made you? I'm sorry. There's math on this 16, show. 16. Yeah, okay. I'm terrible. I, I, I have to remind myself how old I am. So. Now, how, how does a 16-year-old in Tampa get into Muay Thai? Was you know it what? movies? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu movies. The, you know, this is the same simple shit. Like, it's but just, you didn't even start. Didn't you start with Kali or start with something else? Well, or? The, I, so I actually started at a Jeet Kune Do Concepts okay. gym. So okay. Jeet Kune Do Concepts is that's Bruce Lee's martial art. Right. And um, so for me growing up watching a bunch of Kung Fu movies, come to find out that, you know, Bruce Lee is really smart. He had written books. So I started doing research, um, you know, and I didn't really do good in high school. Like I dropped out of high school, got my GED. Right. Um, and then started working like odds and ends jobs and construction. And I did all that mess. But once I found martial arts, I just dedicated myself to it, you know, 100%. So starting off in the Jeet Kune Do gym, um, yeah, there was uh, Filipino martial arts. There was uh, jujitsu. So I even did a little bit of jujitsu, judo. Um, and then, yeah, of course, Muay Thai. Was that here in Tampa or? Yeah, it was, it was here in Tampa. The, I think the owner of the gym, his name was Luis Martinez. Okay. And he was, um, he was a student of, um, Guru Dan and Asanto, Dan and Asanto being one of Bruce Lee's old students. Right. Um, so it started out there. That gym closed maybe like two years after I, I started there. And then there was another Muay Thai gym that opened up down the road. The instructor wasn't really good, but he had all the equipment. He had the, he had everything he had the pads. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, it was, you know, basically paying him to train there. Um, and then that's when I started fighting amateur. When did you first go to Thailand? We first went to Thailand, uh, 2005. Was that after you had already opened the new gym or? So this was like basically in the transition from where we started. So the truth is where we started, I'm talking about like time before. Sure. Um, Franklin. No, Lemon Street. Lemon Street. Yeah. Yeah. Before the, uh, that location. Sure. Yeah. Off Howard. Right. Before that location, we were on Hillsborough and 50th. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a storage shed unit. Oh, wow. Right across from a chop shop, you know, like bullet holes in the wall. Right. Shit. Like it was, we're in the ghetto. Yeah, but as most... Fighting gyms. I mean, now yeah. you're in LA, which I mean, that's just common, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, but that's where we came. I was like, yeah. 100 square foot storage right. shed unit that, yeah, we were paying like 500 bucks a month for. And um, so we, we were just training, holding pads for each other. And four people became six people, six people became eight people. And they're all like, Ray, well, how much do I owe you? Like, I don't know, just help, yeah. help with the rent, whatever. And then more people came. And I was literally just sliding mats underneath their feet. You yeah. Know? Like that's how we grew If you it. build it, they'll come. Yeah. Yeah. Completely organically. People give me money. I buy more pads. People give me more money. I'd hang a bag. Yeah. And then from there, we're like, all right, we're outgrowing that. That's when I met Jalal. How did you meet Jalal? So Jalal started 
at a the martial arts world is a small world. Sure. Right. Like, especially, that, to, especially then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he, he had a friend through like a, a mutual friend of a girlfriend that took him to a Jeet Kune Do, uh, not a Jeet Kune Do, but Taekwondo school. Right. And uh, he met my friend Hoon. Okay. Who I used to roll with doing jujitsu long ago. You yeah. Know, like way back. And then, you know, Jalal wanted to punch people, you know, and the guy's like, okay, well, if you want to, if you want to learn how to fight, then you go to Ray. Right. And he's like, okay, well, who's Ray? And then he's, yeah, he sent him all the way to Hillsborough 50th. I'm talking about, this is like a nice area. Uh, the, the old uh, Taekwondo school. Yeah. He sent him all the way to Hillsborough 50th and Jalal was like, all right, he was about it. And then, well, the story, if I remember, is he tells it, didn't he get the shit beat out of him or something? Wasn't that part of the impetus oh, yeah. that, that he's led got his story that, that led him to me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he, he, he wanted to learn how to fight. He right. Wanted, right. Yeah. So, so Hoon sent him to me. And at that time, I was in the process of, I got invited to the TBA um, camp in Oregon. So it's just a basic Muay Thai training camp under Arjun Surachai Surasut. So it's like the lineage, you know? At that point, have, have you kind of fallen off of the other? Uh, yeah, three, You know, this is, this is the lane you want to be in? Yeah. So, yeah, I was taking more of the approach towards Muay Thai. I've already done the Filipino martial arts. I did stick fighting and I've, I've, I've traveled all over the world, basically. I right. did seminars in Greece doing uh, stick fighting stuff. But, you know, shit just, I don't know, it just got old for me. Sure, yeah. I got tired of it. I went back to Muay Thai. Right. And then this is when I met Jalal. And when I'm at that crossroads, do I go to the camp and maybe try to get certified as an instructor there? Or do I go to the source, go to Thailand? I've always wanted to go to Thailand. Um, when I met Jalal, Jalal was like, oh, I, I was there last year. I went there for vacation. You want to go? Let's go. Yeah. And um, so well, he's he's happen, Jordanian, so. is he? Is he, yeah, well, he's English, but he's Palestinian. Palestinian. English Palestinian. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because over there, travel is no big deal. Over here, it's like you know, I, I, every three years I'm going to go on a trip. There, it's like you know, yeah. I just fly wherever. So, right, you know, probably not as big of a deal for him. So that was your you, your first trip over there was with him. So yeah, that's I mean, that's what we did. Me, my my best friend Manolo Angel, you know, Angel. Angel. Yeah, so <laughs> I've represented the better right. part oh, of right, the yeah. Muay Thai. <laughs> Let's just right. say that's I have right. lifetime free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, no. When I was when I was there, it was it was Alex, Angel, Allison, you, Dotto, Jalal. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was another girl. I can't remember what her name is now. There's two girls, Allison and another girl. This was in 2008, 2009. Ooh, Ashley, maybe. Ashley, that's yeah, her. Yeah. 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 That was the crew when when I started there. But anyway, sorry, I cut you off. So you guys go yeah. over there, the three of you. Well, yeah. So we just like, yeah, let's let's do it. So we saved up our money and we went uh, went to Thailand, two thousand five, and we went um, to Fairtex. We you know jumped around different camps. Fairtex is like the biggest, most Fairtex would be like the Gracie of yes, Muay Thai, absolutely. But yes. you you start an affiliation, Canem Tom, which is a, a yeah different family, different school, different. Right. Lineage. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Like we went to Thailand and while we're in Thailand, we're thinking, you know what, let's when we come back, let's pay respect where it's due. Meaning if if we're going to open up a gym because he was Jalal was like, you know, let's do it. You know, he, he, he was the one enticing me like, you know, you yeah. should do this. You we can we can make a living doing this if you want. If you want to make it official, you know, right. make it more professional. And that's when we're like, yeah, OK, if we do it, we do it right. Come back, pay respect where respect is due. And, you know, show true, authentic Muay Thai, not watered down mess that nine times out of 10, you'll see in, in other schools, America, yeah. America's portrayal of it. Right. Know? 
to have like a true Muay Thai identity here in the States and, and show, okay, this is from the roots, you know, so that we made it a point to uh, go to Thailand each year, train, fight if you, if you want to, if you don't want to fight, that's fine, just, but get good training. And then whatever you learn, you bring it back, right. you know, and do it this way. You know, you have a recipe, you bring it back and that's what you teach the masses. And then you show, okay, this is authentic Muay Thai. Did you know the ritual of it, of it before you went over that first time? Because there's a lot more to it than just the fighting of it. And, right. and you, you kind of, that's one of the things that I loved about training with you is you kind of not heavy handed, but you kind of put a little bit in there. You know, we'd have the smokers on Saturdays and we'd yeah. do the, you know, pre-fight ritual and some of that. So right. how did you learn that? Well, yeah, I mean, doing research on Muay Thai in general, sure. there's a there's a culture behind it. You know, for uh, for Thailand, it's their national sport. It's their their baseball to, you know. And they start young over there, don't they? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, when we first went there, we we go to the camps and what we what we witnessed was like real. Like this is for us. It's a leisure. It's pastime for them. It's life, you know, like they grow up, their their parents coming from farm or whatever, like have it hard. They put their kids into this saying like, okay, if you can, you know, Make get good at money, it. Yeah. yeah, you feed your whole family, you know. So that's why they, you know, they start them young. And so from right away, you know, they're disciplined. They wake up, they train, they go to school, they come back, they train. You know, at the end of the month, they fight, they win money, you know, they really strict code there when it comes to Muay Thai culture and not just Thai culture, but the Muay Thai culture, the way that they, they do things over there. It's like, you know, and you look at it, okay, this is, this is it for them. This is, you know, they, a lot of them, they don't have the choice, you know, this is their, right, their make, livelihood. But isn't it that way a lot? It, it seems like it, for all actual combat sports, like legitimate right. combat sports, most of the people that rise to the top, you don't get a bunch of wealthy kids who live the life of leisure yeah, and kind of right. have life handed to them because they just don't have that fire in their belly. Like I almost yeah. think to be good and excel in these things, you got, it's almost got to be like, this is my only right. shot. This you is know? It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you have to train hard. Like it, anybody that's fought, they know like you don't, it's not just a all vanity, you know, you're just like, Oh, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to win. Yeah. Well, you have to work hard. No, you have to, you have, you have to, to really it's, it's merit based. Yeah. yeah it's not exactly. Taekwondo or some of these other things and not to denigrate them, but there, you know, I've said this about jujitsu. I said about Muay Thai is you can't really fake it. Like, you know, exactly, yeah. you know where you stand and compared to everybody else, because mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to see, you know, there's not any, you know, it's not katas or, right. you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And, and, you know, so like me as a trainer, like, I know I can only teach you so much, but you either have the fight, uh, the heart to fight or you don't. You know? Right. It's like, I can't teach you your own attitude. That's got to come with you, you know, and then do you have the heart to fight or do you not? I mean, I can teach you everything, but when it comes down to it, it's you in the ring, you know, it's. Do you remember that first trip? The first trip? Yeah. That we went to Thailand? Yeah. Yeah. Were I mean, they there's wealthy? a lot of. How are they with areas? Americans? <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. There's some, some, some lost nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. Uh, you know, so this, what, what year is this again that you said? 2005? 2005. So this yeah. is post 9-11. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, what are we, we're right in the middle of a Bush presidency at that time. So right. how are you received over there? I mean, do, do they, are they cool uh, with Americans I mean, or are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It wasn't like, you know, I think, uh, the ones that came before us, like the John Wayne Pars and the, those guys had it, had it tougher because, sure. you know, they wouldn't, there was a time like, yeah, back in the 80s or early 90s, 
where you came in, white guy, they're like, ah, no, yeah, no, we don't, we don't take it because they know like these guys that go in there. Well, that's because that's what Americans do. They come, yeah. they come, and they ruin shit. You right? Know, they, uh, no, we don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they come in like they think it would because of the way that the ties would think is, is okay. The American, he's clumsy. He he doesn't fight good. He's not gonna make us any money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's gonna be too hard to train because I can't speak English to him. Yeah. So that's you know where, that's where's how the, they where's were the upside? At, at, at yeah. That time, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's not like they're a racist, like, oh, no. No, just don't. pragmatic. It was a practical consideration. Exactly. You know, they didn't they didn't see it as lucrative. Right. But the thing is, is when the, if the, the white American, if he goes in there and he's, or white, black, or they started taking all foreigners once they came and showed them that, they would know, actually they respect have, the sport. Right, and yeah. respect. They have the heart. You know, they have the determination to, to get good at it. So, you know, they would bring them in little by little. They just put them on the bag. They might be on the bag for a month, you know, right. but they show, okay, they're there every morning. They run with the fighters. They, they come, they train hard, and then they'll pull them off to the side and start, you know, start teaching them. So right. now you have like the Brazilians over there, kill, they're killing it now. Yeah. And I was talking to Junkson and last, last week, and he's saying the reason why the Thais love the Brazilians so much is because they're so respectful. You know, they come in there right away. They bring gifts. Sure. To the trainers. And then, you know, they they just have that mutual respect. It's kind of similar in the culture. So so that, thank you for saying that, because although the geographically they're virtually the opposite sides of the globe, I right. I, I see their cultures as very similar. Very similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're They know how to dig it out, dig deep and kind of work hard and get in there. There's not you know, a lot of laziness, you know, you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. And I kind mm. of feel like that's how both the cultures are. Yeah. Um, did you fight your first trip over there? No, no. 2005. I mean, we jumped around. Like I, I was thinking like, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to fight. But when I actually got there, first thing that I learned is like, you don't know shit about Muay Thai. Right. Like, yeah. You, know? like, you just realized how much you didn't we, know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like starting all over. It's like everything you know about it is wrong. Right. And I was like, not technically. Okay. So I have a little bit of a base. So it's easy for me to pick up, you know, so I was learning fast, but that's the number one thing that was like, oh, you're not ready for this. You know, at some point you learned the language, didn't you? I mean, well enough to kind of know what was going on. Yeah. I mean, because we went from 2005, we made it a point to go every year. So we were there 2005, all the way to 2011. We would go there, spend at least two months there a year. And then we had also we kind of broke away from Fairtex at a, at a moment and we had opened up our own camp in Bangkok. And it, I think it was open for about four or five years. It was obviously really hard to manage um, remotely. remotely. Yeah. But, uh, but it was good. I mean, we had a good stable of fighters and it was, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, we went every year. So yeah, that was 2010. I think when we actually opened up that gym and it was, uh, yeah, we went two years that time. So every time we would go, every year we go, and I would go and fight. I would bring Alex with me. He would fight. Try to bring a team of people sure. that would go train hard and fight. Right, more. right. Well, I remember, and maybe I'm misremembering. I don't remember if this is you or Jalal, but at some point in one of the fights, I think it was you. 
you could tell like the ref was telling the other guy what he was talking to him about what was happening in the fight because they didn't think that you understood what they were saying. Do you remember that story? Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. maybe it was a law. <laughs> someone, someone was telling the story and it was like they could tell that there was a conversation going on between the ref and the other fighter. Uh, and because they're American, they didn't think that they were understanding what was going on. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe, I just, maybe I just fabricated that. <laughs> so how many times did you fight over there total? Uh, 10. 10. Yeah. And how did you find it? I mean, you know, compared to over here, fighting with people over here. I mean, you were telling me I, before the show today, I got to go do a private with Ray and he was telling me about uh, a fight he did when he wasn't even planning to fight. I bet you're on yeah. basically on vacation and they right. say, hey, you want to fight? And it ended up being the most money that you ever made in a fight. Yeah. That was a pretty cool story. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's the thing. I'd, I had already fought. I was there for two weeks and I, I had fought um, and outside of Bangkok, right? And I won that fight. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I won. I feel I feel good. Let me go. We're going to go down to the island. So we flew down to Phuket, you know, and I had Alex with me. I had uh, Allison, I think she was there too. Yeah. And I had a, a group with me. So we're just going to chill on the beach. Right. But Sinbi Muay Thai camp was there. So I wanted to try that place out. We went there in the morning and sure enough, the trainers, they start, they gather around, they start looking at me, start t- talking in Thai. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, you know, the head trainer, he's like, do you want to fight? We're like, well, I'm like, man, I'm on vacation. No, I don't, I'm not planning to fight. And he's like, come on, you should fight. You're good. You should fight. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you get, <laughs> yeah. you know, get like, talked I, was, things. I was still on the high from the last fight that sure. I won, you know? So sure. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do it again. Right. Should've, you know? So he's like, all right, we started training Monday and they're like, all right, you fight Friday. And they beat my ass, man. And I was, yeah, I would come in there hungover and they could, they'd know that I was drinking. And they'd, they'd make it beat, worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd beat the crap out of me. But yeah, Friday night, they told me, okay, this guy, really tough Thai guy. I think he went on to become champion of that stadium. But I think I just played the game right. I got lucky. Oh, wow. And yeah, knocked them out with body shots. I think the, that's the fight I put up on the podcast page. Yeah. So that's where you got the neon green shorts on. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see a hungover Ray win a Muay Thai fight over <laughs> yeah. in a... That's badass. Tell yeah. me, tell me the history of Cannon Tom. Like, how did that specifically? How did you guys attach yourselves to that or come up with that? What's the story there? Well, Cannon Tom's a fighter. Is a yeah. Okay. So who uh, Nikonom Tom is uh, like? Um, it's it's kind of like a historical icon for Thailand. Okay. Um, basically, uh, uh, like a prisoner of war from old Siam versus um, Burma. Yeah. So this is back when. Thailand was fighting uh, Burmese. Burmese, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a prisoner of war. He was captured by the Burmese, and this, like, I think this is back in the 1600s. So the story goes, um, he was captured. Uh, the The king of Burma had put on a show that included um, Thai fighters versus the Burmese fighters, and when Nai Kanom Tom went up, that was the first time that anybody has ever seen a Ramoy. Um, the Ramoy. Or Y crew is the pre pre fight ritual that you do is including a dance and basically it translates into uh, respect to your teachers. Right. So <clears throat> he went in there, did the ramoy, and then they believe that that gained him like the magical power to defeat the ten, Burmese soldiers. Ten Burmese soldiers consecutively. They send in one, he'd knock them out. Send in two. So after ten Burmese soldiers, they gave him what I think seven wives. Seven Burmese women, and then sent him back home to to Thailand. So he became the national hero. Basically, sure. they they quote him as a father of Muay Thai. So for us, that's when we started our gym. Me and Jalal, we started the gym, and we 
again wanted to pay respect to wasn't there a KMT 66 or was it so the, what, what, what? so the, uh, yeah KMT 62 that was okay. the camp that was a camp in Bangkok okay so it was Bangkok Muay Thai uh, kind of Tom 62 62 okay. meaning it was on Sukhumvit 62 is the road okay yeah okay so did that pre-exist you or is that the one that you opened over there that's the one we opened. that's the one you opened we're yeah. running remotely. so that was my trainer my again at a time that we defected from Fairtex you know we had, we had did that it was a basically like a $25,000 mistake on yeah. our part, but it was still like, I don't, I don't regret it. Jalal, you might, he might tell you different ways. <laughs> Jalal makes a $25,000 mistake every year. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jalal. Probably. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I think it was great. Yeah. Like it, it, it helped us with credibility and, you know, basically just saying like, you know, we're real, we're, we're true. We're from the, from the roots, you know, that's right. what we've always, that's what I've always, you know, strived to be like, you know, that's our thing. That's what's going to separate us from the rest is, you know, I go right, right to the source. My, my trainer is Johnson and he's in San Francisco. If it's not him, then it's at the Chai in, yeah. in Bangkok, you know? So we still have those, you is know, Johnson on, is he the big bald guy? Who's no, big, that's Ganyao. Ganyao, yeah, yeah, I met Ganyo. him. Yeah. So I, I, as the the other guy, Greg Henderson, that you trained, I gave him my Fairtex backpack because he's the one who's been going. But I bought it from him mm. in, when I was visiting in San Francisco. Oh, okay, I walked in. Yeah, I was, I was like, yeah. I was like looking up. And it's like, oh, there's a Fairtex gym, and and this was like five seasons into the ultimate fighter or whatever oh, yeah. and i walked in i was like i'm gonna go get some gear and bring it back to my friends and i walk in and it's fucking him standing there i was like yeah. oh, this is so random it was pretty pretty surreal because i mean san francisco's got a pretty rich yeah. Muay Thai history there yeah um so uh as as, as, the, as the school progresses here you start to build up the kmt fight team and you start mm-hmm. doing a lot of fights in the states right yeah um that was that was kind of where you guys were at when I started there. I, I remember pretty clearly Al, Alex was fighting a lot at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um Ashley and Allison and and some of the other people. Mm-hmm. Now, when is it that you end up going to California? Uh well, I yeah, I met my wife in Miami uh was that 2012. Um yeah, so once I met her, you know, things were. Was she visiting Miami from California? Yeah. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she was over there with her friends. I was there as Angel's bachelor party, and oh, man. It was just. Were you of, at that bachelor party at Mark's house? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you could tell from the tone no, of his voice, that's crazy because that that was my first bachelor party. Uh, Mark Mark <laughs> Mark has has scheduled oh, and canceled man. several meetings here, but yeah, that house and yeah, I heard stories about that bachelor party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brings yeah. back memories, huh? Oh man. Anyway, um, so yeah, because I'm trying to remember. So it was about four years into knowing you when you end up going over to California. And, and are you at a UFC gym now, or, or I, tell, well, tell I was me. okay. So, yeah, uh, my wife's family's from California, so I moved out there, um, and we've been back and forth. I moved out there 2000. What was it? 2013, I think. And right. then we moved back a couple of years later. So we've been back and forth. But now we're, um, you know, we're out there. I started uh, at the UFC gym a couple of years ago in Northridge. So that's like San Fernando Valley, uh, right next to the college, um, CSUN. So, yeah, I, I started there before the gym opened. They just opened up a like, really nice gym. Well, so I wanted to ask you about it because when I, I remember hearing about that when it was happening, and this was right around the time that I had my daughter, so I wasn't coming as, as much. But I, mm. I, I wondered, one of the questions I had is because you have such an emphasis on tradition and legitimacy and like really the true meaning of it. And UFC kind of has this. Yeah, different culture. Well, it's it's either people who 
want to do MMA or, you know, people mm-hmm. who are doing MMA, but, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you could have a good Muay Thai guy mm-hmm. do well in the UFC, but now you got to have so many different things. So you don't have people that focus so specifically yeah, on right. the sport. So I was wondering how you found teaching there versus teaching at a more traditional school. Yeah. Well, you know what, what was good about that particular gym is like they were, they just bought the franchise. You know, I guess anybody could just, you buy the name, you have sure. gym, open up your gym, just as long as it looks like this, Yeah, you know? So this is like, they bought in the franchise, but they were, the owner was the owner of Crunch Fitness. Oh, wow. Down the road. Yeah. So he, this guy owned like a few Crunch Fitnesses. So it was well-funded at least. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what he did is he, he hired people that, okay, this guy knows about martial arts. Let me hire, hire him. This guy knows about so personal training. So he staffed training. it right. Yeah. So he staffed it right. And then the guy, he had- he had hired me like I I was actually looking for work. I was uh, scheduled for a job interview at 24 Hour Fitness. I go there and then the manager wasn't there. So I'm like, oh, shit. He, so the front desk is like, come back in an hour. So I'm walking around the malls across the street and they had a kiosk, a UFC gym. So uh-huh. I go up to him like, hey, you guys hiring? He's like, hey, you looking for training? I'm like, no, I'm not looking for training. I would, uh-huh. You know, I want to get, you know. I, so he's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, we are hiring. We're going to open next month. So he handed me the, his boss's business card. So the manager, I gave him my resume and then, you know, he called me the next day, like, yeah, yeah, come, you know, we're going to have a staff meeting. And so he put me God, right that would have broken my fucking heart if you were working at 24 hour fitness over in California. <laughs> well, that's it. I was looking for <laughs> sure, anything, personal yeah, training any work. The yeah. Storm, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they put me there and then the, the manager is like, Hey, I know, I know enough about you. I just did research last night. I know enough about you that you're, you're, you know, you're pretty good at this. So I want you to be the Muay Thai guy. Yeah. You know, so he let, he let me run with it. And so from there, I I did traditional Muay Thai out of the UFC gym. So I had a good 30 or 40, you know, dedicated clients. Um, and I had a fight team. I had like eight to 10 fighters uh, at one point. So it, it was good. They were letting me run, run my program well. But then uh, they switched management. Sure. Different manager came in and changed everything. And, right. I, you know, I told him, all right. Well, if you're going to change, make these changes, you said like you can't use tie pads in the classes anymore or something. Yeah, something that's, re- that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just warned him like, hey, if you make these changes, you know, you're going to lose like 30 or 40 clients. They're going to go somewhere else. Right. And I don't want to be left and responsible for that. So I'm going to jump ship before it sinks, you know. Right. And that guy's, oh, there's a door. And, oh. What and, happened? Okay. Well, that's it. I left. No, but what happened to them? They, yeah, they almost closed down. They, they went back to the old manager Mm -hmm. and then the old manager called me like, Hey, Ray, you want to come back? I didn't need it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been a mess. Now, finally, you know, once COVID hit, you know, they, they closed down, um, you know, temporarily like all the other gyms did. Sure. But then a couple of weeks later, I get a text from a, a client that drives by. He's like, Ray, what happened to the gym? Like, what do you mean? They're closed because of COVID. No, the signs down. The, the all the places cleared out. There's no more equipment in there. They just up and no left. one told you. Yeah, so I was like, well, it's just a matter of time. There's the right. places just hemorrhaging money. They had to switch managements. People stealing money. Yeah, it was a mess. So what are you doing now? Now I'm just out of my garage. I are you? Yeah, was, you know, we we had bought our house uh, two years ago. So now we have the three car garage that turned into a. So it's. It's a nice little private gym for sure. us, you know. So you do privates. Yeah. Now you had you had a kid, didn't you? Yeah, two. Two. How old yeah. are they? Uh six and four. Wow. How, how did that that change your life? I mean, training Absolutely, and, and yeah. priorities and all that other stuff. I mean, that's the yeah. great 
I, I mean, it happened to me, you know, the kids, the kids is how everybody kind of gets away from it. But mm -hmm. have you been able to keep them in it? I mean, I'm sure they probably love watching daddy in the garage. Well, that's the thing. I had uh, Ulysses, my first son, that's when great, I was here, we were in Tampa. So I think you might have moved back and I didn't know it for a period of time. Yeah, I think that might be what happened. We were back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It was kind of hard to keep track of for a while there. But yeah, we had Ulysses here in Tampa. So he was raised in that gym. Tampa right. Like he doesn't realize it. He doesn't remember it. He doesn't know he was, any other way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so now like he sees it and it's just uh, just Whatever. like any other kid is like, I can get him to train maybe like 10 minutes, maybe every few days sure. if I work hard at it, but yeah. I have to bribe them with donuts and shit. You know? I, get a, I get a bunch of musicians in here and I always ask the musicians about their kids. Like, do they like yeah. your music? I'm like, no, they don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they, they want to yeah. listen to Lil, Lil something and they don't want to listen to what I have to play. And yeah. what's, the, what's the younger one's name? Uh, Emilio. Now, do you still have family here? Yeah, my my grandma lives in uh, Brooksville. Okay. Yeah. Now she doing? Did she make it through COVID? Okay. I mean, she's yeah, she's okay. I mean, she's isolated. Uh, my my aunt's out there helping her out. She's ninety one now. So she's what about siblings? Only child siblings? I have a brother. Okay. But, but honestly, I have no idea. Older brother, I don't know where that. Oh, is okay. At. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you have so many brothers just through this sport. You probably yeah. got your, your yeah. dance property. <laughs> now, how did you meet Mar uh, Maurice? Oh man, Maurice, that go yeah, he he goes back. I had uh So Maurice Crump for you know, if if, yeah, if your friends are ready to train there, then you may know who I'm talking about. If you don't, when I started there, like almost a second or third class, I looked over and Dave Batista's there and he's yeah. poking at this skinny little black guy with a rubber knife and they're <laughs> doing all this weird shit. And I was like, Is that Batista? And they're like, Yeah, he's working on some movie. Uh -huh. And so Maurice is kind of Trap, not a similar path to you, but it's kind of floated, orbited around your world and is always kind of, yeah. he's got this Hollywood gig that he's somehow, I don't know if he's still doing that, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's my, my best friend. That's like, yeah, my brother. Cause I grew up with him basically in the martial arts. I met him just a couple years after I started training. This is after the Jeet Kune Do gym closed down. Right. Uh, you know, I kept in contact with a couple of the other instructors there. And so one of them, he had transferred the back of his office he had laid mats down and transferred it into a little gym for us um and then again we we're still doing jujitsu that so that's how i met maurice right was like hey this this guy is the same basically same weight class i want you to roll with him so we we rolled for maybe like a good 45 minutes straight yeah and i i couldn't do anything to him he couldn't do anything to me he was like a stalemate yeah you know? But we fought. We good match, yeah. tried to beat the crap out of each other. Didn't I didn't well, he's know he's one of the I'm most just... athletically gifted human yeah, being. Like yeah. he's he's literally like Spider Man or something. Like he just yeah flexibility, athleticism, yeah. just all of it. You know, you watch him and he and he got into this gig of training different people for uh, action movies, teaching mm -hmm. them knife fighting, stick fighting, all this other stuff. And for a while there, he was training Batista for like all yeah. of the movies that he was in. So is he mm -hmm. still doing that stuff? Yeah, well, he had so he had a part as the main villain, actually, or one of the main. In one of the movies I remember, in, yeah. Um, what was it, Ongbak or the Protector Two with yeah. Tony Jaa? Yeah, you know, which is crazy because I first showed him the original Ongbak. Yeah, he used to have this old uh, self defense studio, right? Really small, maybe a thousand square foot. It's an old self defense studio um, in like Citrus Park, right? right. 
Uh, Maurice, so, not Ongbok. Right. Yeah, Maurice. <laughs> right. So I used to work with him. I used to help him do his after school program. Yeah. And one day I brought in the old VHS tape that one of my students gave me. He's like, you got to see this movie because it's a Muay Thai action star, like a Jackie, like a Muay Thai Jackie Chan. Right. And we're like, oh, wow. We put it in like, and I was like, Maurice, look at this shit. And, and I showed it to him and it was like, it wasn't even English subtitles. It was all in Thai. Yeah. But the whole movie from beginning to end is just all You're not super fights. worried about the plot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like so porn. I showed it to him. Like he's like, and Maurice yeah. is like, who's that? Who's that? He's like, I could do that shit. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I was shit. Because he's, he's that gifted, you know, he's right. really skilled. And then come to find out, yeah, what, 15 years later, he's working with that guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's, you know, the, the villain across from him. So I'm just like, man, that's fucking awesome. That's cool. Full circle. Does he still live in Tampa? I think he's in Atlanta now. Oh, okay. He was teaching a little bit, but I just I actually talked to him last week. Yeah. He's, uh, he quit teaching for now. Like he's more focused on, on the movies. He has um, a couple of uh, movies out on Netflix. One of them with Michael Jai White. Yeah. Uh, which is got like sudden death. Sure. And then there's another one that he just did with Nicolas Cage is in it. Oh, wow. It's the jujitsu movie. Oh, the, the one called yeah. jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some good fight scenes in it, man. That, and again, the movie, the Crap. plot yeah. sucks. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. But that's, I, for me, that it makes it better. You know, it's like, it's got that old, like 1980s. It's like really grindhouse yeah, kung yeah. fu movies. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So, he, yeah. So he's doing well. You know, he's, he's picking up on it, just waiting for that call to get, you know, his main role. So that's what we're looking for, you know. So you're in Florida for the week. Uh, you, you, I think you do this yearly around, you know, yeah. the end of spring, beginning of summer. You come and you teach at a number of different schools. Is that right? Yeah. So it, so you you you're here tonight. You have a seminar. What at five? Yeah, five thirty. And then you do another one tomorrow at a different school. Yeah. So tonight five thirty, I'll be at Tampa Muay Thai, um, and then tomorrow at ten a.m. I'll be at Co Muay Thai in Brandon. Is that a? Um, it's kind of it's the KMT sister who's the coach? school basically. Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie yeah. Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, another client. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and did you already do one up in Jacksonville? Yeah, so that's what we do each year. We do just kind of come down the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But each year we do the KMT Wooden Man Camp. So that's me and Johnson. And then this year we also had uh, Asa Tinpao from oh, wow. South Florida, yeah. who's like a glory contender. He's got to fight, um, I think, in June against Kevin Ross. Right. So yeah, they call him the American Ninja. The guy's he's incredible. Like really, really. I haven't uh, kept scared, track really of. Athletic. At the time when I was training regularly with you, I was so educated and knew like, you know, all the different, all the different promotions and who was the guy. And now I don't know how how half the people is. But the one thing I wanted to ask you is how the landscape has changed now that you're 20 years into it. I mean, I have to imagine there's a lot more schools. It's a lot more of a popular sport. There's, a you know. Yeah. I mean, what's what's really good to see is like over, yeah, over the course of 20 years, you see the development of uh, the Muay Thai community in America. Right. You know? So th- that's what I'm proud of. Even if I just had even a little bit of um, influence to that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I've worked hard for. That's what these guys have always made it a point for the, you know them to work, work hard to help the community grow, you know, like. Do you still find something new? Like what, what motivates you now? Like, you know, is it, is it teaching other people? I mean, have you, have you gone as far yourself in the sport as you can go? Do you think, or are you still learning? Yeah. You know, well, new, you know, how, how, how is that? I always wonder, like, you know, I always kind of hold you and Hobson in, in this certain spot in your respective sports. And it's like, how, you know, there has to be a point where you're just like, I don't feel like doing this shit today. You know, <laughs> but how do you keep, how do you keep going at it? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there was, 
there was a time that yeah i was i was burnt out i was burnt out i was like drinking too much you know it was like kind of like that was my my rock bottom i hit for a while and um uh, and you know snapped out of it and then came back to muay thai muay thai, muay thai is it's a lifesaver it's sure. it saves people yeah you know, it really does so um you know for me yeah I, I got burnt out for a while but when i got you know got back on it i really wanted to promote myself there on the west coast and also help my trainer you know so that's why over the last few years, that's what we've been doing is we developed the camp, which we did last weekend at Jacksonville. We do the, you know, KMT Wooderman camp, um, you know, so that that's something that I've been working for. For me, that's my next step is, you know, just helping promote the sport, you know, authentic Muay Thai and, you know, helping my coaches, the you know, everybody that's paved the way for me. I want to help them prosper, too. You know, at the Chai was with me um 2019 he was with me for a few months so it was really cool to have him here and then you know we traveled we went to chicago i brought him down here you know so that's what's great about martial arts is you can have a, a close relationship with who is effectively the tiger woods or michael jordan of your yeah. sport you know yeah. if you're if you're a basketball player you're not traveling around doing seminars with jordan but with right. muay thai and jiu-jitsu there's a lot more opportunity for that to happen for you to be really close with these people who are such yeah. icons of the sport. Well, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like, because going back to those old VHS tapes, yeah. when I first started training, like 97, 98, that's what my instructors would give me is like, here, that just this is like homework. Just go home, put this in and study it. And it was old uh, Lumpini Stadium, you know, videos of all like top 10 sure. uh, stadium fighters from the, from Thailand. Johnson and Fairtex was on there. He, was, he had a couple fights on there. So I was like, oh, man, this guy is amazing. Everybody, all those golden era, that's what they call it, like golden yeah. era 90s, yeah. golden era style fighters, like they're all heroes. You yeah. know? It's like collecting baseball cards sure, and shit. You for know, sure, for yeah. So, uh, you know, Johnson was top top of that list. And then one day out of nowhere, he calls me and he said, hey, you know, I, I can get you a fight. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. This yeah. is like <laughs> my, my hero. I I'm can die tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And then, so for me, looking back on it now, I got my kids and they call him Uncle Noom and, you know, and we're hanging out. And Maurice and we're doing is doing Ongbok and you're hanging yeah. out with Johnson. So and it's, it's like you guys. It is. It's really surreal. If I explain it to any civilian, they're like, I don't understand. Yeah. You know, but yeah, to say like, yeah, can you imagine fucking, you know, hanging out with Tom Brady? Yeah. You know, like that's how it is for me. Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> Do you have any designs on another school at some point or is that, are you kind of just yeah, you know what? taking each day as it comes? Well, that's the thing. Uh, so the UFC gym closed. Before the UFC gym closed, I was actually trying to take that that student base, do something with it. Sure. Um, I have one guy, uh, him and his wife, I, I go to train them in their garage two days a week and they, they take care of me. You know, they pay me well because it's like an hour drive right. away from my house. Um, but which in LA means it's like two blocks away. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. But so the whole like last couple of years, he's been trying to get me to open. He's like, look, I, you know, I'll invest, I'll invest, I'll invest. He's been pushing me and I'm like, ah, you know, well, you've done it a few times I've now. Done it, yeah. yeah. It's like, I've, <laughs> I've done it, but I, I know what's involved here you know yeah. la it's like it's here but then oh you can't do that you can do this but you can't do that like regulations restrictions and a lot of fines and fees yeah. along with it yeah so um so yeah i was really reluctant 
But over the, so before COVID, we we're actually drawing out a game plan, sure. you know, to putting down some blueprints to actually open up to transfer these clients from UFC gym to our own KMT gym. Right. Uh, but then, you know, COVID hit us. So they put a That'd whole be so year. so badass though to have the KMT on both coasts that yeah. people could visit. You know, it's a, there's a reason to visit California. It's a reason to visit right. Florida. So that, that is that in the works. Yeah. yeah that's, that's badass. That is a game plan for us. So, so uh, you're here till Monday? Yeah. Yeah. We fly out Monday. And the wife and the kids are at Bush Gardens today? Yeah. But is the wife, is she working or is she at home with the kids or how does that work? Um, yeah. She had, uh, she had switched her job maybe a few months ago. Um, she does like, it, you know, admin stuff right. uh, for a medical office. Uh, but right now she's just transitioning to basically doing her own, her own business as uh, insurance, right. selling insurance. Right, so. right. Well, thank you so much for coming by. You got you, what, what is it? Two thirty. You got you got a little bit of downtime before you got to teach a bunch of yeah <laughs> a bunch of old men you right. know who are trying to get back and in, back into it. I mean, I barely I, we did I did five he did a five round uh, uh, training session with myself and a buddy Greg Anderson today, and it's been two years since I've done it. And fourth <laughs> round, I could feel my ticker going on me. It was pretty pretty brutal. But thank you. It was good to see you. Thank you so much for coming thank on you. the show. Thanks Glad for you're doing me. well. All right.